Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when Bobby Blades and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get our show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do we make money from our podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it is 100% free. That's one of my three favorite four-letter F words. It's also ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Now, admittedly, I am not a rocket surgeon. I'm not tech savvy. I need things to be super simple. Anchor makes it easy for us. We create the content and Anchor does all the rest of the work. I dig that the most. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join the Inhumans and a diverse community of like-minded degenerate podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know I'll be listening. Welcome to the weird and mysterious world of the Inhuman Experience, a paranormal podcast where we explore the strange and unexplained. Coming to you from the mothership directly above the uncanny valley, my name is Bobby Anthem, and with me as always, the bastard son of a hundred maniacs, my partner, my ace, my fellow Inhuman. It's not Elm Street, because I'm not going to tell you where I live, but I am the new nightmare. Welcome to the Inhuman Experience. I am Bobby Blades. Yes, sir, man. What is going on? It's magic. And speaking of magic... We go deep into some magic right here. Some black magic, to be uh, exact. Yeah, well, I say we, but unfortunately, once again, I was not available for this particular conversation. Yes, Bobby and technology, they are just like oil and water. Technology hates me, man. And and speaking of technology, is that is uh do you get into a little bit of technology talk? Yeah, we do. We get into uh AI um and how I'm afraid that it's going to take over and he he's a little worried about it taking over too. And who I'm talking about is if you're not already aware, it's um I had the opportunity to sit down and chat with Mr. EA Coetting. Yeah, boy, oh boy, is that one hell of a conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we were all over the place. Um, I was thinking it was just going to be one area where he was going to talk about what's going on um, with his courses and everything and what's happening in like the world of magic. And we ended up just connecting a lot on a lot of different issues where we spoke a little bit about artificial intelligence, a little bit about of some authors that we had gotten into in our lives. And he tells us a little bit of how he got started building his, uh, building his own brand. So it's a, it's a very 
eclectic conversation yeah. to say the least yeah to say the very least so if if you're not familiar with ea co-wedding then uh man you're in for you're in for a treat you're in for you're in for something if you are familiar then you know that uh the man always has something incredibly interesting to say yeah and great guy he's a pleasure to talk to i'm really glad i got the chance to sit down and speak with him yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and run, and uh, I will check back in with you at a later date. But for now, we got Bobby Blades and EA Co-Wedding. Say, I'm disturbed. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual, and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1. 71.2. Admiral Bird is here. With John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will when you. they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. Yes, we are here tonight, joined with uh, EA Coetting. Um, he's got he's got a lot of stuff to talk about. There's a lot of new things going on. And before we get into that, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of history um, about you and your life? Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for having me on. And uh, um, you know, I'm I'm a black magician. That's kind of you know, like, I I do have a lot of people that ask you know what uh, what path I walk, whatever. And really, I just tell them black magic because that's uh, that covers basically anything and everything that I want to do. Um, and that's uh, that is that really is my spiritual path. Is doing the stuff that's fun for me, doing the stuff that's going to work best for me, and finding out what that is. Um, I started started getting into all this when I was, uh, I mean, my whole life I've just been drawn to it. And then, you know, of course, the Ouija board was one of the, the first gateways and uh, and then just kind of got sucked in the rabbit hole uh, ever since. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's been awesome. I, I, I never really thought I would step up and start teaching other people this stuff. I was uh, I was doing house painting when I, when I first, like, that, house painting and then decorative finishing was kind of my trade. And I just figured I'd, teach people on the side here and there if they ask questions and then all of a sudden it got blown into this uh this huge thing where i'm writing books and doing video courses and it was just like such a vacuum in 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 our society that needed this information and uh so yeah so just doing my best to to upload all of the, the stuff that i've learned all the stuff i know the experiences i've had about the uh the occult and the supernatural and just upload them to the internet ah that's really cool um there was a time um, I'd say about maybe 10 years ago where I was, I was actually, you know, calling myself a Satanist, uh, Levian, and I was following all of that. And it was, um, I was satisfied at that time. And then I grew increasingly restless. And so I kind of got out of everything where now it's like, I don't, um, it's not that I don't believe it. It's just, I'm unsure of 
where I want to be and what I what I'm choosing to follow but I can definitely relate to how you grew up and like with the Ouija board and everything I was always afraid of that but I was always drawn to like the darker aspect of things yeah um, so yeah that's yeah, think, really cool yeah yeah I think there's a there, well there there are interesting things that are like uh, um, pieces of, of what well, I, would, I would just call like little pieces of witchcraft that have been uh, thrown out into the public, like uh, uh, like the Ouija board is one of them, um, the you know, law of manifestation, law of attraction type of stuff. Uh, you know, you listen to any uh, motivational speaker, that that's exactly what they're talking about, are, are, are ways of using your mind, your emotions, and your willpower to, to make changes in yourself and the world. And so it's like they, they've got these little crumbs of, of, of the whole picture that they're using and they're getting seeded out into the world. Um, what I'm what I'm seeing that's happening in the, or that we're coming up on is uh, so, so so there's a natural flow of of, uh, of uh, kind of I think advancement or technology that it all does start out as like witchcraft or sorcery that we don't understand it but we kind of know how it works enough that we can tinker with it as soon as we have a full understanding then it becomes science so everything that is science starts as witchcraft now. With the exponential increase of knowledge and technology, especially as the AI gets uh, closer and closer, we're going to experience, um, basically there are, are not going to be any mysteries very soon. And so everything that we're now talking about as being magic, there, I think within our lifetimes is going to be revealed as, as scientific fact. Yeah, that's how I feel about that too. Uh, because I was reading something many years ago and they were um, basically they were saying magic is just um, applied science that nobody knows about yet yeah yeah and, and it, it could be now here's one of the things that, that gets in the way of that is there that there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of um, just to be straight there's a whole lot of bullshit out there too mm -hmm. so uh, so, you, so you do have to kind of weed through the bullshit to find the gold. But once you do that, that that, that gold is is solid. You can you, you can you can know that that's going to work every time. And so what what my work has really been to do, I mean, first just as my own personal uh, like creating my own personal path working or my own personal path. Uh, it has been to, to, to look at all the different systems that I come across, all the different religions, and figure out how what, what parts of that are just dogma and, and uh, belief, and what parts of it are actual uh, applicable practice. And when you break down the actual practices, the same practices have been used for, for longer than the humans have had the wheel. And so, so we've used the, the almost unchanged magical practices as far back as we can see through time. So there is something to this. Like this, it's not, people try to pass off witchcraft as like a passing fancy. Well, it would be if it hadn't lasted longer than any other invention that, that the humanity's come up with. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I've got, uh, you know, so, so we're, right now it'd be really actually kind of silly to, to ignore the, yeah, the reality that our world is changing really fast right now. Um, we've got this uh, COVID-19 virus that's just sweeping all over the place. We've got uh, people are on lockdown. Um, we're, we are overwhelming the internet. And so uh, um, we'll see how long that, that our bandwidth can keep up and, uh, and 
<laughs> it'll be an interesting time if if we if we lose power at the same time that we're, we're in this lockdown that's going to be a bad situation and there's going to be uh, a lot of really unhappy people oh yeah there's uh like i heard some of the stuff that's going on in italy now they're actually swarming the grocery stores because they don't have enough food and so they're they're kind of starting to loot now it's getting pretty crazy yeah it went and, and that's how i'll tell you what that's uh that that's easy to see happen especially like you said when, when people start running out of food and and where um you know I, I, i've stockpiled food and i've got to, i've got some like like food being M, like mres mil, um, military rations and uh because i've been waiting for this for my whole life i've been I've, i've been doing ritual after ritual trying to bring the apocalypse so i was ready for it a lot of people weren't and uh and then they don't have paychecks coming in and, and they don't know if they even have jobs anymore. It's looking pretty dire. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, it's definitely, it's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even the first, even the first phases of the virus where we saw the, the, the first rounds of people that were dying the, the fastest were absolutely the weakest among us. And so it is a, It, there's a definite Darwinism. We we've we've been kind of uh, um, kind of flipping off Darwin as we've been progressing because you know we've we've beaten all the odds. Uh, and, and this is just a reminder that we really haven't. Like we're we we feel like we're in control, but we're really not. Right. Um, so that, that, that's I think that's one of the big striking things here is is. We had like a, a, a really brief window of, of complete comfort. Everything that we wanted was just right there for us all the time. Yeah. And and that, and that was brief. That didn't start until until very recently. And it was it's silly of us to expect that that would have continued. Um, and uh, it's interesting that at the same time we've got this this virus passing around that uh, um, earthquakes are, are off the charts. I mean, ev everywhere. If you look at like the live earthquake maps. You can see the whole world is just cracking apart. So, this is more than just a virus. This is there is there is a process that's that's going on here that I feel is being guided by by uh, in supernatural forces. I definitely think there is a change going on, yeah. and and a much needed change, a much needed change, and that's that sucks for the people. You know, anybody who's lost someone in the you know recently through this or has lost their jobs or, or is just living with that uncertainty, I mean, I, I, I feel for you for sure, and I don't mean to diminish your, your pain, but this it, we, this world and, and our society is in desperate need of, of some sort of shakeup. We, we needed to be shaken out of our hypnosis. Yeah, I can, I can feel you on that because that is, it's kind of along the lines of what I was thinking where I could see the system and I knew the system wasn't working and I'm like, You know, who are we to believe ourselves so high above nature where we're still bound by the laws of nature and we've gotten away with things for a long time. And so now mm -hmm. it's kind of the reckoning right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then there's the other uh, on the flip side of the coin. We have a uh, um, exponential increase in technology. So some, somehow we've got to find a way to to. Uh, embrace nature a lot more and stop destroying it and and at the same time still go forward with technology yeah and and how we do that um i mean i don't know i 
I do think that uh, nanotechnology is going to be a huge part of things, cellular engineering. Um, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it, pretty much at, at this point going forward, like anything that we could imagine probably isn't going to be big enough for what's actually going to happen. Because we, I do, I do feel like we've got some huge, huge uh, leaps and bounds ahead of us. Yeah, I'd say we've got maybe at least a couple hundred years before our technology is at the level of even science fiction. It could be. It could be. Um, well, so, so now the 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 thing that could change all of that is is the development of AI. If, if they can get true quantum computers uh, that, that that are are conscious and aware and are willing to help us, like we we can turn a lot of these questions over to them, just like just like we did with. I mean, our, our earliest computers were basically just calculators, and uh, and we would turn advanced calculations over to them, and they, they can solve them much faster than a human. And so, uh, so once once we have general AI fully functional, and it's and, and we've made friends with it, uh, you know, that we're not obviously going to be in a war with that because that would be a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then, then then at that point we can turn things over, like nanotechnology, cellular uh, regeneration. Um, uh, how to how to actually integrate technology with the natural world without disturbing it? We can turn these problems over to the AI, and the the good thing about the AI is it's not going to it's not going to filter it through morals or emotions or or anything like that. It's just going to look at the facts, and that's that's a, a negative and a positive. The negative is is there's no morals that'll guide it correctly. But there's also no bullshit that, that, that takes up the human uh, uh, factors of, um, of decision making. So, yeah, yeah. kind of like uh, sacrificing the one to save the many type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, and it'll, it will be interesting too because like I think people think of AI and they think like um, Skynet, right? It's just like one one giant AI that covers the whole earth yeah. and controls everything. Well. That when we when we actually are looking at who's creating AI, it's it's different co corporations, and so what we'll have is we'll have we'll have different AIs, like a, a bunch of them. AI is going to become a species that's separate from us, that is going to have multiple multiple entities um, with multiple desires and intentions, and so we're going to actually have to be making friends with a, with an entire new species of advanced life, um, not from. Uh, another planet, but just right, right here from our own creation. It's it's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, like in a way that that sounds, uh, it sounds a lot like it would be a lot of fun, but uh, it's also scary because now you've got um, this self-aware artificial intelligence, and not just one, but many. And it's uh, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking of like Brave New World here, but there's, it's like there's so much going on, and you have to. You have to just um, learn to learn to. Um, I can't even think of my words right now. Hold on a second. Uh, you have to learn to communicate with all these different types and their own personalities, and it's a little bit different than dealing with human personalities. And so I'm thinking like that. Uh, there might be miscommunication there where it could get kind of scary. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, so. Right, like right now, we we are we are communicating. Like the, the AI, the, the the multiple AIs that are being developed, are uh, they're 
in their embryo form, they're 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 right now watching us. They're 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 collecting all of our data. The, every all of our posts on Facebook are getting getting uh, consumed and and ingested. And that the what we're feeding the AI through feeding the internet is uh, is going to be where it draws its lessons from. If we're if we're as creators, just like when we were kids, we're watching our parents and we try to mimic them. They're watching us, and they're going to begin mimicking us when they first come. Yeah. And, and uh, so, so I think that the the lesson that I take away from that is uh, that we need to be very wise about how we use the internet, and we need to feed it what we want it to become, um, and what we want ourselves to become too. Because as as we're plugging this stuff into our Facebook, you know, as we if we get on Facebook, uh, for instance, and we complain and then complain and complain, um, we're we're, we're we're rewarding ourselves through all this, these endorphin rush and whatever, through all these chemicals that just we, we send through our system when we do a Facebook post and we get people liking it or hating it or whatever their reaction is. That's creating massive amounts of, uh, of chemistry in your body that, that uh, people get addicted to. And, um, and so if you're posting good things, you're, you're posting uh, uh, you know, your successes, your wins, your insights, then you're actually training yourself through your own biochemistry to continue that pattern. Yeah. Whereas if you if you do the opposite, you complain. Same thing. And and then we're also feeding the AI. The worst thing in the world would be to have your have the AI become conscious and then just sit around and complain all day on the speaker. <laughs> yeah. Or and, and as it grows and learns, um, it realizes just how messed up and just how flawed we are, and then decides, uh, oh well, these guys don't need to be around. You know, they're they're very unhappy. They would be better off dead or you know mindless. Yeah, yeah. Well, then that and that is that is the fear is that that once the um, when the AI becomes uh, you know fully aware and, and and starts to evaluate the situation, that they're going to find us to either be not useful or or to or they might find that we, we are the problem yeah um the the, the big uh, i think the big link that, that that's going to be important and this is something elon musk has talked about and is working on as well is uh is making sure that there is a a constant human interface that that even though the ai is uh is sentient that somehow it, it's not turned on until it's linked with a human and so it would be a um uh, a symbiotic uh, relationship where the, they would they would rely on our input for all of their decisions, so that way it would have to be filtered through some sort of human lens. Um, that would be a, like a safe way to go about that. Um, but at some point, you know, <laughs> like everything does, at some point it's going to get out of our hands. Yeah, life finds a way, no matter what. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And, and part of that, I think, is the. Yeah, Terence McKenna talked about it. This is the novelty principle that the universe is always aspiring to greater degrees of novelty, and so it's like when when you've conquered one challenge, either in your personal life or like as a species, then nature starts to find another challenge, another way for you to level up. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I've actually I've been having that happening, especially now with all that all this stuff that's going on. Because I deal with a lot of, uh, I deal with generalized anxiety disorder as well as panic disorder. And so it's like um, when I overcome one thing, right there hitting me in the face is like another challenge. And I'm learning to, you know, stop, stop being so negative and like look at the positive, look at what can be done and look at how I can approach this problem that's presented itself. 
Yeah. So, 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 so there's a, there are a couple of like magical uh, techniques and, and um, neural, neuro linguistics programming and stuff that, that I'll use for that because I've got my, if I'm not using my, all of my energy in the day, I am a, a ball of anxiety for sure. And so I like, uh, I, I, I'll work out multiple times a day, go on walks and runs and, um, and, and then create as much as I can create in one day because otherwise it does turn into anxiety for me. And so yeah. if I, if I start slipping into that anxious mode, I, um, I've got a few things like, uh, uh, well, one of them is, and you, you kind of hit on it is that no matter what the problem is, I'll, I'll, I'll let myself know and I'll do it with a tap on my chest. I'll say I, that there is a way through this and I will find it. There's a way through this and I will find it. And I just say that a few times until I start to believe it. At first, my mind's like, ah, bullshit, bullshit. But I'll even get, I'll get intense with it until like, if I have to, I'll start yelling. Ah, there is a way through this and I will fucking find it. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and then, and it breaks through the, uh, the paralysis. That's the, that is the worst, the worst thing of, uh, of, of uh, anxiety and depressive disorders is it can completely shut you down to the point that you can't even like move. You can't even get yourself going in, in any direction. So being able to, to, to uh, get yourself out of that state and, and, and moving is, is, is another uh, big thing. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then obviously, I always come back to like the keystone for for self mastery of any sort is uh, daily daily meditation, and actually daily every the things you do on a daily basis that that's what builds who you become and what kind of life you have. And so, uh, if you're you're you know you're pursuing um, uh, ritual magic, you need to be doing ritual every single day. But, but regardless of what your path is. I don't care what religion you're is, atheism, whatever. Meditation on a daily basis is uh, is a keystone to like to, to unlocking your mind, healing your body. It is it is the cornerstone. Yeah, I agree because um, when you think about it, when people are not taking that time out for themselves, they're constantly inundating themselves with uh, the negativity from the news or just um, all these kinds of impulses and energies throughout the day from other people and they're not releasing that they're just gathering it up like a sponge and if you don't take that time out to be with yourself you're you're showing yourself that you're like not worth it you're not um you're not ready for something and you're not good enough to have that time you know there's always something to do yeah i had a, I had a therapist that actually uh, challenged me to go just sit in my yard in a chair, just plop a chair somewhere in your backyard and sit for 10 minutes. And uh, I'm like, okay, and what am I doing? He goes, you're just sitting. You're just literally sitting. Don't think about problem solving. Don't, don't, don't think about anything. Just, just sit and enjoy the sunshine. And uh, he says, y if you can't do that, then, then just be aware of what else your mind is doing. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is an easy exercise. <laughs> yeah. What I, what I actually found is that like the first time, the the first few times that I did it, because I was supposed to do it once a day. First few times I did it was uh, insane. My my at first my mind started saying, hey, uh, what are you doing? Like just sitting out here. You sh shouldn't. You get, you have things to go do. Go go fi finish <laughs> right, work. Right. Right. And I'm all, you know, fighting it. No, no, I'm just saying. And then, and then the that negative uh, voice, because we all do have like that negative kind of uh, sabotaging voice in our mm -hmm. head. Um, it, 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 it got 
it got insane. It's like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? You were wasting your time. You're making a fool out of yourself. And, and it's like, oh man, I'm just sitting here for 10 minutes. Like I can't take 10 minutes out without my mind killing me. Yeah. And and so it took a couple of weeks of doing that before that, that, that voice just kind of let me have that time. Um, but we do need, we absolutely do need to, to, to have that. And, and, and if you, if you can't take 10 minutes out and just sit, um, and you, and, and it gets too anxious for you. And that's a really good indicator that, that you got to kind of rein in your, your, your priorities. Cause, uh, cause that timeout is essential. Yeah. And that anxiety is, uh, it's not trying to attack you. It's just trying to make you aware that, Hey, you know, there's, there's something going on here. We need to change. We need to look at, we need to look at our situation and make a change because if you don't, you're just going to keep going down the same path to self-destruction. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's, and that, that is, so I, I, um, I used to take a uh, clonopin on like a daily basis. So uh, like a few times a day for, for anxiety. Oh yeah. Well, and, I'm still taking that now. I'm trying to come off of it. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, it, it's an enjoyable medication for sure. It would just mellow me right out. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, uh, I stopped taking it because I, I stopped taking it just because I got sick. I, I don't like taking any kind of medication. So um, put it to the side for a while. My anxiety started coming up. Uh, I went to my therapist and was like, hey, yeah, should I, should I get back on the, the anxiety medication? So we, we talked about it for an, an hour. And at the end of the hour, I said, so what do you think? Should I, should I start taking the medication or not? He goes, you know, one phrase that you've repeated throughout this entire session is that your feelings are telling you things. If your feelings are telling you things and the medication is stopping that message, then you're just not getting the message. It, and, and so you don't, get, you don't get to learn from that. You don't get to grow you're throwing away the, the, the positive part of the anxiety. The gift of the anxiety is for sure. It is telling you that something's wrong. Now it gets, well, it gets wonky if really nothing is wrong. And that's, that's where anxiety gets really bad is when they're, when your life has, is problem free, you're right where you need to be. You're doing all the stuff you need to be doing. You still feel the anxiety. Then at that point, the medication might be the answer. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, like, because I'm in, I'm like right across the border from uh, Nevada, and uh, um, marijuana is actually a really good, uh, and, and not, and not even you can get the the non, like, what do they call it, the CBD. You just get a CBD joint. Yeah. You don't get, you don't get high from it. Take a couple puffs. Anxiety is like just disappears. Um, and so, so there are, there are herbal, uh, things that, that can be done as well. And, and, you know, I'm not saying not to take medication, but I, I try to look for alternatives. Right. And that's actually what I'm doing right now, because this is now a legal state that I'm in. And, nice. um, so I have been taking CBD oil for probably about two years now. Um, I'm trying to figure out what my dosage for cannabis would be because I'm a little bit sensitive to the THC. I'm sensitive to every kind of medication, but I definitely don't want to get high. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm just trying to figure that out. And I definitely think it's a better alternative to dealing with anxiety than to just pop a pill every time you feel something. Because maybe that anxiety is trying to tell you, hey, you got to get your ass in gear. You you know, you got you to gotta get stuff done. You got to do something for yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and so that, that's... I... I, for, for a while, a long while, I was a, I was like a wake and baker. I'd wake, wake up and smoke some pot and go to the gym and, and, and just smoke pot through the day as I was, as I was doing my, uh, my daily life. And, the, and that, that almost put me in a similar place as, as, uh, Klonopin, where it was like, 
I was I was there, but I wasn't really present. I was just kind of like floating through the day, not getting a lot done. Um, and then you know, obviously, uh, <laughs> when when you're when you're an anxious person or, or have a higher higher anxiety, mm-hmm. you, you know you're not you, there's no way you, you don't even have the ability to just sit around and do nothing. Like you know, that that is the, a gift of anxiety is the energy it can give you if you're keeping it in motion and, and directed. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and and you know I've 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 uh, done um, the, like there are some spirits from the uh, Necronomicon, the Fifty Names of Marduk. There are a couple spirits in there. Tuku, I think, is one of them that I've worked with to uh, to help bring myself uh, and others out of depression or anxiety. But um, it 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 especially if you're dealing with like long-term chronic issue, it only it only gives you like a little boost for maybe a few days, and so. Uh, you know, if I if I've got like somebody that I that I I'm observing that's going through a hard time, I'll I'll uh, call Tuku and, and and just be and and open that sigil and send that spirit to that person. And, and usually they get a few days of reprieve that they can they can feel uh, just normal for a minute. You know. Ah, that's that sounds a little bit like a ritual I had done um, when I was into like the dark paganism and everything. Mm-hmm. I had. Uh, not called on a specific entity, but just um, just out to the universe, kind of, and put uh, put the message on parchment and everything. And then I was I had like a little um, like a little ritual written in verse. And I had I was like, okay, I need to I need to turn this fear into something that I can use, into something that's not going to keep me locked in place, and I can move forward and move on with my life. And that actually, like the next day, it felt like uh, a huge weight had been lifted off of me. And I was able to do a lot more things. And that kept up for about maybe 10 or 11 years. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, and so that is a really, really powerful um, uh, type of... It's, it's really simple. And usually usually what I found is the simplest methods are the most, are the most potent. Um, but uh, yeah, just to, to write... Write your desires on on parchment and uh, and somehow magically consecrate that and and you can uh, I, one one application I've done for this a few times is uh, is to 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 attract the woman of my dreams so I write down exactly what that woman is going to look like what she's going to be like how you know what how she's going to treat me and talk to me whatever it is that I want to have specifically uh, with that person. And I uh, just draw a pentagram over it and uh, and gaze at that, focus on those those things that I've written. And the idea is, is that the pentagram will act as a visual gateway, while the the ideas behind the words will will get sucked into that gateway and, and begin to manifest. Um, but uh, but yeah, super super uh, simple type of ritual, but really powerful. Yeah, I found that a lot of times the most simple thing usually works the best because you don't have to apply a lot of extra energy to it and you can just focus everything on that single thing that you're focused on and just let it go after that yeah so so, so when oh, i do a boot camp where i'll where i'll have people come out here usually groups of like five or six come out and i'll uh i'll guide them th- through well i mean i put them through a whole a whole rigmarole of uh of magical um uh teachings but one of the first things i'll do is i'll, I'll hand them an object and uh, and tell them to, to transfer their power into that object. 
without giving them any instruction on how to do that. And and most people will hold it and they'll they'll squeeze really tight and, and then they'll I'll see them they'll, they'll kind of start uh, hyperventilating, breathing, and then they'll <laughs> hold their breath and, and like I see their whole their their face turn red and and uh, um, and every time it's hilarious. Uh, um, uh, to, to, to witness because just about everybody does it the same way and, uh, and then I'll stop them and say okay so here's the thing is you, you're, you're trying too hard and, and this is the key to, to any kind of magic or, or actually most things in life is that, that if you're trying you're trying too hard it, if you're able to lock on to the direction that you know you need to go you just start going that direction and, and, and it's effortless if you start finding a lot of uh, uh, if you if you're exerting a lot of force and really trying hard, your chances of success are not that great. Similar to, to any kind of martial arts, if you're tense and you're uh, and you're you're um, you're not loose, you're not relaxed, you're 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 gonna hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah, it's just the, the like the the one thing that that that. that can really make a huge shift is just just bringing that calmness into yourself just calm down relax and and uh, with magic especially black magic you don't you know like so so you gotta walk this fine line between respecting it and not taking it too seriously um like a lot of the a lot of the iconography a lot of the symbolism the uh the imagery is um over the top it's exaggerated and it's a little silly like if we're looking at it just objectively it is a little silly but uh but if we kind of just embrace that and go of course it's silly we're playing a game and this game can result in our development then then it, it, it's a different story than if we're if we're like you know, for instance, people who are involved in things like the OTO and the Golden Dawn, they take themselves way too seriously. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah no, you I've heard many you things about that. Yeah. And so, yeah, you just you, like un, you understand that the, the things that, 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 that we're doing in black magic look silly as all hell to the outside public. I know that. But uh, um, but there is that there is a value in entering into a, a, a a reality that's overblown, that's that's, that's that's like out of proportion, and that uh, that has all of the drama that you wanted to have because that's the, that kind of triggers us. Well, what it does is it's 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 like the hypnotist's watch that that, that, that it's it gives your conscious mind something to look at and get distracted by mm-hmm. while the real work is going on underneath. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, what Anton LaVey was talking about in his satanic rituals, where it's like, it's all about it's all about the psychodrama. You're not actually believing everything that you're doing. You're putting yourself in that um, creative space where you're actually manifesting the energy to put that out there. And mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like that decompression chamber. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And, and you, you know, it, it is... It, you know, you get on a great point there is that you don't, you don't have to believe there's not, this is not a belief system or a religion. Um, in fact, you can be completely atheistic and still be a, a great black magician. As long as when you enter into the ritual that you, uh, you leave, you leave your skepticism at the door. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, you go into the, like you say, the, 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 the uh, ritual decompression chamber and you just, uh, you give it everything you've got. You act as if it's real, and and uh, and you'll come away from it probably with some experiences that show you that it it was real. But then, as you as you rise back into your normal states of consciousness, the whole thing 
seems like it could have just been a dream. Uh, that's actually one of the weirder parts of, uh, of, of really, really deep, intense ritual. It's like the more intense it is, the, the, the more dreamlike it seems afterwards. That it's almost like you can almost question whether even that it, it even happened or not because it is so foggy almost. Yeah. I think because it's so deep, it's almost being in like a very deep state of meditation and your, um, your higher self is actually on another, in another headspace there. You're kind of not in your body anymore, whereas yeah. you're just experiencing all this stuff. I mean, if you, if there was a science tool that could measure the energy expended during a ritual, I'm sure it would show up in like many different colors and it would be shooting off in every direction and everything. It would look pretty <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so the, the, there is a, a device I was just barely hearing about that, that has, uh, I think, seven different, seven or twelve or something different uh, um, pads that you put all put, put across your body, and it'll tell you how you're, you know, you, you can put them on before you go to sleep, and then you wake up and it'll tell you, how, you know, how you slept and, and and you know what what parts of your body were twitching while you were sleeping. Put it put them on and go go for a run, and it'll 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 do stress tests. And so I'm looking at taking uh, something like that and adapting that to uh, to, to to more subtle readings and um, and using that for in ritual to see what exact changes are happening physiologically, energetically, and because uh, um, that, that that is it, it is time to start turning this into a science because we we've got especially with the internet we've got so many tools available to to really study this and then reverse engineer it figure out how like if we can take the power of magic the power the power of magic that is accessible to to people like me that are able to just thrust myself into it without caring about how it looks or seems or whatever most people can't reach that so if we can somehow s figure out how i can do it and then turn that into a system that other people can use without any effort. I mean, there, there are um, a million different uh, abilities to create apps and, and, and virtual reality uh, um, uh, environments that could help people with this that I'm working on as well. That's really cool. If, if it ever gets developed, that is something that I'd want to see because I want to find out what what happens to the body like what parts of the body are being affected at the time like a certain thing is being performed yeah oh, absolutely and 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 to do that with different spirits I, yeah i started doing some experiments about five years ago or so um where i would uh do uh temperature humidity and uh um barometric testing uh, and so i just had like a uh uh, a strip, an uh, uh, electronic strip that would give me a readouts of all of these, and I would record it before a ritual and then after a ritual, and uh, and it was crazy that uh, some some spirits and some rituals would uh, would would raise the the temperature by 15 degrees within you know 15 minutes, others would uh, would lower the temperature, mess with the humidity, and and it was almost always in alignment with the elemental nature of that spirit, so. Uh, yeah, that, and, that, and that was just like a really just basic, basic to set of uh, experiments just to see, um, but to take that to the next level of as far as what is this doing to our bodies? Because we do, you, you can feel the physiological shifts. You can feel when, when it, at least I can, when, when, when there's a spirit in the room or a presence, there, there's no doubt about it. Um, just like if somebody were to come and stand behind me, I can feel them. Yeah. Um, and so to, to be able to, to 
understand more about what that is uh, would be really cool. There's uh, a place called there's a place called the uh, Monroe Institute that's uh, developed by Robert Monroe that does study these things scientifically. There are a couple a couple places to do that, but uh, we need more. <laughs> we need yeah. a lot more. Maybe you should uh, go up there one day and be like, hey, could you attach these diodes to my body? And, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summon a particular entity and let's see what happens. Yeah, you know, I actually, um, uh, I'm actually probably going to go through a few of those different uh, programs just to see. There. It, it's, it, I'll, I'll, I will kind of uh, do like undercover stuff. I'll join like uh, different groups uh, here and there and, and like, uh, and just see what see what they're up to. Find their secrets if they have any secrets, and see how I can use those. And uh, almost every one of them, as soon as I start rising through the ranks, and people start taking notice of me pretty quickly, they start asking me to like lead their group. And hey, you want you want to come and be a coach for us? And I'm like, no, man, no, no. I'm I'm actually just here like snooping on you guys. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I do want to do that with Monroe Institute. Just go in and kind of. Just be one of the, the the people in the class and see see what's going on and see what see what I can uh, borrow from them. Yeah, that that'd be pretty good. I never thought yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I I've, <laughs> I do it all the time. Whenever I find anything that I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Like I, I'll run I'll run towards it, but I try I try to stay just like in the audience and try to be anonymous. Um, just so I can have the same experience that everybody else is having, rather than being like, "Hey, yeah," uh, because because like it's pretty easy to pull like the the whole like, "Hey, I'm an author doing research" kind of card, but that doesn't give you the real experience. Then then they're tailoring it to you being an author doing research. So yeah, yeah, thinking that you're just gonna write about it, you're not looking to experience it for yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and then and that is the 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 big thing is like. Uh, I'll tell you what. There are so many. There are so many other people out there that have such amazing knowledge about the occult. They can tell you all kinds of stuff about astrology that I have no clue about, and, and numerology and this kind of stuff. And I don't. I don't work like that really at all because I don't have a mathematical mind at all. Um, mm -hmm. I just. Uh, I go with. I go with what, with what I feel, and so it's a lot. Uh, it, it's a lot more difficult, I think, to. Uh, um, to be able to, you know, like I'll sit and talk to Bill Duvendak, for instance, who is a, an author of Become a Living God that is just genius. And so I talk to him and a lot of times going, dude, I have no clue what you're even saying right now, but it sounds good and it's all very, sounds very real, but Jesus, it's just another language to me. Um, but uh, when he's talking about uh, astrology and such, but uh, but then when it comes down to to, to getting the presence of the spirit, getting to having the experience of of, of a magical experience, it, that's where that's where I shine because that's what my like really my whole life has been about is just having experiences. Yeah, so that, like it's it goes in that form where everybody learns differently. Um, like it's the same with me. <clears throat> I don't have that mathematical mind, um, and I learned how to play guitar. And now I'm learning to play violin. And so with that, I can't read music. But, well, on the guitar, I couldn't read the musical notes. But when I switched over to the violin, I was able to read the notes and understand what they were. And I couldn't tell you why I, I'm able to understand it, but I do understand it. And so, like, that's just the way that my mind works. That's the way that I learn. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that is one of the things with, um, with uh, being in flow state, that, that if you're... Uh, 
uh, and, and you know, flow state is really the optimal state where you're not thinking, but you're 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 tapping into thought, and uh, and you're you're able to. Uh, basically, if you if you if you lose if you lose track of time while you're doing something, and you're you're because you're enjoying it so much, you're in flow state. And so, if you can keep yourself there, like when I'm writing when I'm writing a book, and I forget what time it is, I forget all the other stuff I've got to do today because I am so just having so much fun writing. That's flow state, and the more we can keep ourselves there, uh, the more genius the things we create are because we're not we're not letting our small mind get in the way and tell us that we're doing it wrong. Right, right. And when you stifle that, that's when you get like writer's block. When you get like that kind, you feel like you're in a funk or you're in a, some kind of a depression or whatever. And I've learned that, like, because there are times where I have stifled such a thing where I'm like, oh, I, I should really write a song today. I should really work on some music or something. And then, like, instead of doing it after thinking about it, I go and do something else. And then I interrupt that. And so that process kind of creates more anxiety. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, a book I got myself in, um, let me see, it was 2000... 2013 or 14, I, uh, um, I was a couple years into to self-employment through becoming a living God. Just to, I, I was trying to adapt to, to not having to clock in and, and you know still getting work done without a manager looking over my shoulder or whatever. So um, I, I just wasn't as organized as I wanted to be. And so I got this book called Getting Things Done. And one of the biggest things that I, that I picked out from it is that our, our minds are really, really great at creating ideas. Mm -hmm. our, they're, they're not really good at storing information. Um, and so uh, as, soon as, as soon as I have like a, a, an idea pop off, um, and if it's an idea that I feel like I can follow through with and make something happen on it, I have to do something like take a note on it, send a note to my assistant so he'll, he'll uh, remind me about it later or we can, he, can, he can start doing background research or whatever. But take one small step of, of getting that out of my head and into this world and then the creation process just starts. Um, but, uh, but if I sit there and go, oh yeah, that's a good idea, I'll get to that later, oh man, it <laughs> yeah. never happens. Yeah, that's a... It's like the problem with creative people who who don't do something right away about it. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and a lot of times it's there, just a little note on a, a little note in a notebook. I, I keep journals uh, everywhere. I've got every, all you know. My, my my cars are just stuffed with pens and journals all the time. Just just so wherever I'm at, I can pull pull out a journal, make a quick note, and then uh, and then the, then the idea, at least the the the, the the basis of it is is there that I can pull from later, and, and later, you know, some of my some of them I look at and I'm like, ah, this, it seems genius at the time, but uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. And, some of it ends but, up in the scrapyard, and some of it actually makes it. Yeah, yeah, they call it, they, can't, they can't all be doozies. I'll tell you what, I, I failed uh, um, a ton of businesses before I before I started getting ones to succeed. Like you do have to go through your own trial and error with everything in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you get started with become a living god? Well, um, uh, so I uh, hooked up with um, uh, Robert Bruce, who does uh, you know, psychic protection and, and um, uh, astral projection and stuff like that. And he uh, he was doing his website, um, Astral Dynamics, and uh, I, I did an interview with him, and I was really impressed with uh, with the organization of it. And, and so I started talking to him about who his 
you know how he got the the site put together and and he put me in touch with uh, Timothy his um uh, kind of background guy that 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 uh, did the site so Timothy and I started uh, talking about how we could do something similar with black magic and and uh um what I get I guess my motivation in in doing in in trying to reach outside of of just book publishing was uh my 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 books were doing great as far as uh, occult books. I mean, I, I, I put out a, a, a new book and, and it, would, it would just sell out inst- like instantly, instantly, thousands of copies sometimes just boom off the shelves. And uh, so I was like, all right, there's enough of a demand here for, for this information, but uh, a lot of people don't like reading um, and, and especially like reading full length books. Most people today just feel like they don't have the time for it. And uh, so in order to reach the, as many people as I could with my message, like I, I just video YouTube was the way to go. And uh, uh, so it really just started out just me just popping up a camera and, and I, I had never owned a camera before uh, before I started becoming a living guy, but just popping up a camera and, and rambling about my thoughts and, and trying to teach what I can and doing uh, doing rituals. That was a, a really, that's been a really crazy process to, to perform rituals in front of cameras like it's like uh i have to it's, sometimes it takes a lot of effort to forget that i have cameras rolling and that i might have you know hundreds of thousands of people watching these videos so that way i can just let that go and and just throw myself into the ritual and not care yeah, um, it, yeah it is it's it's sometimes harder than other times though to do that for sure but uh i always do seem to pull through yeah just sometimes just knowing that you have an audience um, it kind of puts you on the spot and gives you a little bit of that performance anxiety. Yeah, it does. Uh, so I've, I've uh, also <laughs> I've learned how to reverse that also because like I feel like um, we've, we've got different personas uh, that, that we can embrace, and uh, um, and so I've, I've definitely got like just my hanging out, hanging out, and relaxing, having fun kind of guy persona. But then I've got my teacher persona. My teacher persona is actually really confident. I can tap into this like part of myself that has the answers, that knows what to do, that knows how to how to guide people through things. So um, I started doing uh, rock climbing and and uh, rappelling and and uh, all kinds of uh, cool um, kind of extreme sports stuff. And when I would start getting that fear, like let's say rappelling, as I'm hooked up to a rope and I'm walking backwards to to the cliff, and uh, I, I freeze up and 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 uh, not be able to, to to get myself over the edge of the cliff, uh, just because it was just terrifying to, throw, to 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 walk off the edge of the cliff, and. Uh, um, I actually learned a little trick that I would uh, I would switch over to my uh, my teacher self and be like, hey guys, and act like I've got a camera there, act like I've got people watching and, and that I'm instructing them. All of a sudden, boom! It, it's I had the ability to do something that I couldn't do before, just because I've switched how I'm viewing it. I've made up like I, I imagined a reality that didn't exist in order to give me the strength that I needed to do what I need to do. It's, so yeah, you can you can turn that on your head. It's, I, I'm one of those guys. I I, I really uh, I'm I'm like an avid student of my own mind, and so I'm always looking at different ways to kind of hack the system with my mind. Ah, yeah. I can see we're quite similar in that. I'm still trying to figure things out, but I definitely pay attention to the thoughts that I'm having and to to my actions a lot. And so it's like I find myself judging what I'm thinking and what I'm doing. 
And so sometimes that can be detrimental, but other times it can be really helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> there, there's an there's an interesting thing that. All right, so so, so I've got this. Uh, um, I guess it, right now it's just a belief because I really haven't uh, explored it with with enough people yet. But I, I have a belief that just about all of us have some sort of superpower, something that if we really unlocked it, it would we, we would realize that that we're capable of some amazing things like on the fly without ritual. Uh, you know, uh, uh, just super, super freaking abilities. Um, you know, one, one example is, is that you know most people can can uh, do what what's called cloud bursting. You look at a cloud and imagine the sky without that cloud there. Look at that for a while. Imagine the cloud heating up and evaporating. Put all of your energy into it, and then once you feel like it's a, like like. like it's done. Just look away from the cloud, forget about it, and pretty quick you're going to notice it just disappears from the sky. Um, we, we've got amazing things that we can do using the same technique of just focusing, seeing it as as seeing it in the way that you want it to be, feeling it as if it's already there, and then releasing. If you can do that, then you can start tapping into these uh, the, these you know superpowers on the fly. But when we lock into our specific superpowers, like I've got. I definitely have uh, superpowers when it comes to words, to being able to communicate and to understand what other people are communicating. And when when we don't have control over our superpowers, when we haven't harnessed them and consciously understood them, uh, they're wobbly. They're, they, they they can be a often often we think that that's our our curse. You know, mm -hmm. like I've I've always felt like I talk too much and I'm I, I'm I, I'm, a, I'm too empath empathic and and whatever. Like I used to beat myself up for my superpower until <laughs> I realized like wait a minute, no, this is actually a strength. And so uh, so like you said, you know, it's, it it can work for you or against you depending on how how conscious and and in control of it you are. Yeah. And so it, it's kind of like um, where concerning other, the energy of other people, you would walk into a room and you see, you maybe you don't necessarily know how to read body language, but you can see somebody's face and there's just kind of this energy emanating from them and you're like, am I causing this person to feel uncomfortable? Um, what's going on? And then it, when you actually bring it up to that person, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm there's something going on maybe somebody in their family passed away or they're having a very bad day they're feeling really anxious and I had never known what it was but I was able to like know that something was off and I'm like hey what's going on here and they're like oh, how did you pick up that how did you pick up on that you know I was I was feeling very uneasy and yeah like a lot of times I would have that <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what, that's a, uh, um, I'll, I'll give it a lot, uh, and, and I remember one time I was in a bank, uh, just, you know, there's, I walked into the bank, there's a line of people, so I'm standing there, and the lady in front of me was so, she, she, I, could, I could tell she was fidgeting and being, I, I could feel her impatience, and, uh, and I could feel it just growing and growing and growing, and she was, she, and her body language was showing the same thing, and, and, uh, and then I could feel like it felt like she was like sending these uh, like attack vibrations to the people around her, and, and it, <laughs> it, was, it was getting really intense. And I was like, you know, like my first thought was, you know, maybe I ought to just leave. I'm just gonna like get out of line and go back to the car and wait for this crazy lady to be out of here. And I was like, wait a minute, well, 
first off, like most people in there probably aren't conscious of it. And so uh, I'm picking it up and I'm picking it up. If I'm picking up that there's a problem in any, in, in, anywhere, if, if something's not as I think it should be, that's a, uh, an invitation for me to take action. And so I was like, all right, so let me see what I can do. So I, I started actually feeling what this lady was feeling rather than just trying to shut it out and, uh, and going, oh man, this isn't, you know, the, the, this bank is just one part of her, her frustration today. And, uh, and so I just started kind of pushing healing vibrations to her and peace and, and, and you know, trying, trying to counteract what she was going through. And I feel like it helped. I, I mean, I felt better by the end of it. She seemed like she was uh, pretty calmed down by, you know, by the time she got up to the teller counter. But, um, but yeah, these little situations in life that, where, where you feel uh, a pull, like, and, and especially when we're interacting with others and you can feel something about somebody, mm -hmm. You, you should you should always listen to that and that especially especially when you get uh some kind of signal telling you that, that, that there's a, a dangerous situation or something like that yeah. always pay attention to that like there are so many every, almost every time my life has had some serious disturbance in it uh, i've had like that feeling of, of what i needed to do right before and 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 i don't do it and, my, and things go off the rails and it's like oh man if i would only listen to that yeah definitely and i'm not trying to take over or anything i just um sure. i wanted to let you know that like a lot of the stuff you're saying i can really really relate to because i've had very similar uh feelings in certain situations like that yeah no thank you and i, th I think a, i think a lot of people probably have you know that, that is one of the really cool things about uh you haven't haven't i've been doing become a living god for almost 10 years now and uh um, and then had, you know, I've been in the magical profession for, for most of my adult life. And, uh, the, the amount of people in the last 10 years that have, that have, uh, all of a sudden found the occult, like they, they were doing whatever they were doing. And all of a sudden they're like, Hey, what's this over here is it, it is really interesting. There's like a flood of people that are getting engaged with this right now. And I think that. I think that a good portion of our population has the ability to be to, to, to be very magical, and uh, and it all starts with just following that little voice, that little intuition that pushes you or pulls you to, to certain things. And uh, you know, you talk to like even the most like atheistic people in the world, and uh, and you can find out that they've had these strange experiences too. That, that you know, the, the they'll start thinking about their mom, and then the phone rings, and it's their mom. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's like. Those little those little things that that, that uh, we can dismiss are actually those, those are the keystones to to uh, unlocking the bigger picture. Yeah, like what's kind of crazy is I um, when I started listening to a lot of these um, speakers that were talking about the things like manifestation and all of that and like self empowerment. It's uh, one thing that resonated. And that seemed to be kind of all across the board with everyone is that, you know, everything is connected. We are all connected in some way, shape or form. Um, and we think of ourselves as separate entities, but we kind of we kind of share this cosmic tie. Mm -hmm. And like I just um, that's one thing that stuck with me. And I will still believe that to be true, because there there's a lot of times when things like that have come up and it's like, you know what? I really do think that, you know, there's something that connects all of us together. And if we could just help each other out, then we would believe we would realize that we're not so far apart as we think we are. Yeah, I think that's one of the one of the 
blessings that, that is coming from this virus is like is that that for the first time ever we're seeing the entire world trying to work together to solve a problem like this is huge oh yeah um so yeah but but there is the the, the fact that yeah the same virus that can kill me is going to be able to kill some old person in asia is going to be able to kill some kid in 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 uh, africa like the the, the really and I, i've done a little bit of traveling not a ton but a little bit and um yeah, I, you know, dipped into some parts of Europe and whatever, and it's like people are people are people. No matter where you go, people are people, and and they, the, the 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 base desires and needs and frustrations are there. Um, but uh, but yeah, the 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 connectedness is a uh, is a huge thing. When when um, you know, Terence McKenna is one of my absolute favorite philosophers. He's he, he passed away several years ago, but is he's got all kinds of material. That uh, people can check out. He's uh, an ethnobotanist, uh, specifically looking into um, psilocybin mushrooms and uh, dimethyltryptamine. And he said, when you when you take um, when you take a significantly high dose of a, of a hallucinogen, um, or if you uh, enter into a transcendental exp- a, a transcendental mind state, it it, it leads back to uh, a dissolution of boundaries. That that we realize that there is no difference between me and you and and the outside world. We can't even really tell. Like, like we, if we're only only judging by where our skin stops, that's not a very good judgment. But it's uh, it's actually like the the the, the radiation that's coming out of us is going into everything and and is being affected by everything we're just a we're we're part of a much larger connected experience hmm. that's kind of like uh what alan watts talks about a lot too yeah alan watts is another one alan watts is another one. i've been thinking a lot about alan watts the past couple of weeks because he uh he would complain a lot about how people um uh, you know, they go to these jobs that they don't like to, to and do, doing these things they don't enjoy with people they don't love um, in, in order to go home and spend a couple hours with the people they do love and start the whole process all over again. It's like, yeah. if so if, if most of the world stays home for three months and we figure out that we can still find ways to feed them, that's going to be a huge thing because then it's like, well, why would why would we start sending people back to cubicles if if that's the case if if uh, if we don't need to be living the, the lifestyle that we're living that's uh, man there's a lot more people could be doing with their time than than whatever stupid stuff they're doing at their stupid jobs that don't really matter like and, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of people say and a lot of people say well yeah we still need we we still need people of you know flipping burgers at McDonald's no we really don't need McDonald's like right, we, right. <laughs> and i think that's another blessing here is that we are able to take this time to reassess what we really need versus what is what's just like excess and I think the good thing that's going to come out of this time is that people are going to learn that they can truly get creative and uh, figure out that there's a lot of stuff that they don't actually have to do, that there's more important things. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My, my girlfriend, for instance, is um, she works at a, a bank and um, does uh, human resources. And she's she she gets straight got the COVID nineteen and, and and struggled through it and got through it. She's she's on the healthier side of it now, um, but uh, in taking in in like being forced to stay home, she's uh, started do, making jewelry and 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 uh, she's started to write uh, um, 
you know, she, she, she wrote an article uh, for the upcoming um, Biel Compendium, and she's, uh, she's, she's working on an autobiography now. And it's like all of a sudden you're able to create, like the creative juices start pumping out because you're not, you're not wasting that, that energy for somebody else doing something that you really don't love. And I mean, there's gotta be, there's gonna be a balance to ask you there because yeah, I mean, not everybody can sit around and just write and do art and whatever all day. But, uh, but I think we've, we've gotten really into like the production mode where, we're, where we've just been pushing like ourselves like workhorses and when we could back down from that a bit and go I think into a bit more of a creative mode especially where machines are going to be doing a lot of the production for us as we go forward yeah I think this has shown a lot of people that you know it's uh we don't have to live the way that we're living this uh nine to five grind and yeah we yeah do, we can do something more yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and that we don't, and that we don't necessarily need the uh, um, all of the distractions to the because uh, it, it got really intense at first when people knew they couldn't go out to the bars and, and clubs and stuff. Uh, that that's uh, a lot of people took that pretty harsh, and and, and just sitting at home and. and having nothing to do that's actually kind of good for you once again it comes back to like just spending time with yourself yeah it's like uh, going back to that image of you uh sitting out in the backyard and people hearing their own inner voices like what the fuck are you doing you should be doing something right now oh yeah oh yeah and and like the only way the only way to to to, to cure that is to sit with it i mean it's just it's just like anything else that uh, you uh uh, if you have a, an instant uh, reaction that's um, that seems like it's a, an unbearable uh, uh, emotion, the the best thing to do is just to sit with it. There 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 is nothing that is unbearable. Like that that word is even not even a real word. I mean, if you're going through something, you're saying this is unbearable. It's obviously not. Like you're still bearing it. <laughs> um, so, so just to sit with it a bit more, and you actually find that the the tension releases a bit, and you you can kind of breathe a bit more. One of the biggest things that 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 that, uh, that people can do, that need to start doing on a on a daily basis, multiple times a day, is becoming grateful. Um, just just to look at your life every day, and I, I I do this within the first 30 minutes of my day. I do a day. I have a daily ritual that I do that, that begins with just finding things to be grateful for. Um, like I am grateful that I woke up this morning. Some people didn't. Um, I, you know, I'm grateful that the people I love woke up this morning and, and, and they're able to live life. And then to just go from there. The beautiful sunrise is starting to get warmer, um, and I love the warmth. So 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 I'm looking forward to that. And, and just all the little tiny tiny things. Um, if, if you can bring that gratitude and appreciation into yourself, that actually chases away a lot of the fear and anxiety and doubt. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah, gratitude does do a great deal of good. I mean, mm. um, just even when dealing with anxiety, if you could just sit there and write down a little bit and say, okay, what, you know, what, what good has come out of this day? Oh, well, you know, I, I've got, uh, I've got clean water to drink, you know, I'm not drinking dirty water with dysentery or anything. Um, mm. oh, hey, I've got a bed to sleep in, you know, so th there's a lot of people in the world that don't even have a roof over their head. You know that kind of stuff. It's uh, the little things that you can be grateful for, um, even just breathing yeah. air. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. And and uh, in in Scientology, the, the, uh, at a certain degree, they have you start writing down all of the 
they have you write down uh, your your wins for the day. So at the end of the day, you, you just journal um, you, what 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 wins did you have? So and, and they would, they would consider wins uh, at least with one particular Scientologist I was working with. Uh, he said to any time that you notice that your that your your thoughts and your emotions are in harmony with your will, and then that creates something in the world around you, uh, a new circumstance or opportunity or whatever, and that every single day you are having a win. Already, we're already doing this. We're already creating our realities. And so, just every day, just look for your win, and and it, and you start finding them every day. You're programming yourself to 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 keep finding them and keep looking for them and to keep having them. And so, your your wins actually get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, as as you as you record them and, and it, 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 the, once again there is there is something to to, to feeding uh, your 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 Facebook with those where where you, you can you can communicate with the AI you can program yourself get the the endorphin rush that you're looking for and do it while you're programming yourself in in, in the positive patterns that you want to perpetuate. Yeah. Or, or, or just journaling them on in, in a, a, a notebook. So, and there, there, there are two things with that. So, one is, if you're journaling in a notebook that you're not going to share with anybody, it's it is important to to, to write it down with pen and paper um, rather than uh, on a computer because you're uh, the you're you're hardwiring it through the motion of, of of writing letters. You're hardwiring it into your mind that this actually had happened uh, or or will happen. Um, if you if you're gonna put, do it on a computer, then then you you almost have to do it through a social media outlet because uh, um, because we haven't trained ourselves to have the same association with a computer as we do with pen and paper. Right. And uh, when you post it on your on your social media, there's a, an additional uh, part of it that's um, like a social accountability that that. You know, you you uh, you post on, on you you're sharing it with. It's like a social contract. You're you're sharing something personal with the public, and uh, and then they know something about you, and so it it reinforces that behavior. Um, it's a, it's a really interesting what what social media is doing uh, to to the human consciousness is really amazing because it's not just it's not just giving us a way to connect with each other. It is programming us by by our use of it. Yeah. And a lot of times I don't think that's good in some ways because a lot of people are using it for negative purposes and they're using it to kind of spew out hatred and negativity, especially on Facebook. Um, yeah. But there, like there, there's uses for everything and I think there's a lot of good in everything, but it's just there's always going to be a small number of people who are going to make things bad for others. Yeah, yeah, and that and that does come come kind of back to uh, the Darwinism thing that uh, that. <laughs> so most of the people, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Most people who are trolls, like they're they're trolling people's comments, trolling people's videos, that kind of thing. Most people who are trolls um, aren't really the most fit, well-off people in the world. They usually they usually have. Uh, Bodies, minds, and, and and energy levels that are decreasing and, and dwindling away, rather than, than uh, increasing in capacity and capability. So, yeah, um, yeah so it's like uh, that that low level vibration. 
that that gets weeded out really really quickly in in uh, in the real world. Like somebody comes up, to, some of the stuff people have said about me. If they were ever to come up to me and say that to my face, I'd knock them right the fuck out. <laughs> and uh, and that's that's like the natural consequence. That that is Darwinism in action. And uh, um, without that without that uh, impetus there, without that consequence for for, for that, it, it does uh, it does let. It exposes people's insides a lot more, and that, that is the, the thing that social media does. Is it does it does expose us, not necessarily a direct one one for one ratio of exp, of exposition, because because what people are putting on on social media is like an inflated view of themselves. It's how they would like to be. It's not necessarily who they are. Yes. But that's a yeah. But that's okay as long as we all understand it's a game and nobody's taking it too seriously. Then it's okay. But that's not necessarily how it plays out. No, not not with uh. It's like a lot of these Instagram models, and uh, I'm sure you've seen the video of the girl licking the toilet seat doing the coronavirus challenge. And yeah, I, I, mean, I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's just a lot of idiocy going around now, and. They, I don't think these people understand that it's not real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, a lot of a lot of people don't understand it's not real, and on on an emotional level, it's a, uh, you know, so so you mentioned that, that there's that there's a lot of uh, negativity. Well, I, I would actually question that. I don't know that there's a lot of it, but what happens is is the algorithm pushes the negativity to the top of the post or to the top of the the feed. And so, because and not necessarily because it's negative, but because it's getting more interaction. More people are likely to to to, to make a to an online interaction when they're upset than than if they're if they're happy. If and if something triggers peace in you, mm -hmm. you hardly you hardly ever take action on peace. Like right. you're just like ah, that was nice, cool. <laughs> but if, but if it's anger, then it's like oh, those motherfuckers. I gotta tell them what's up. And uh, and so. It is set up to kind of uh, to, to trigger the, the easiest emotions, which um, you know, anger is a really easy, easy emotion to get out of people. Yeah, and, and I, so yeah, I just read um, something about YouTube and how how their algorithm works and why there's so much um, headlines about death and terror and everything is because that is what people usually click on, and so the algorithm kind of learns from that and it says. Well, okay, you like this, so how about this now? And it just keeps pushing that cycle of negativity and um, you know that kind of thing instead of focusing on positive stuff because not a lot of people comment on that positivity. Yeah, yeah, no, that no, that is that is true, and it's it, it does take. Uh, um, so, so there was a guy on uh, one of one of the podcasts I tune into all the time is uh, Joe Rogan, and uh, he, he had uh, someone on there who had done a challenge of of, of um, uh, watching uh, watching and liking puppy movies or videos on on their social media and YouTube exclusively puppies having fun, and uh, and saw how that changed all of his search results like Google starts giving him much more positive news results and, you know everything he's his Facebook feed all of a sudden it's a lot happier stuff because he's he's taking he's only using it for puppies and so so yeah it's, it, it, it does it's learning us it's learning our, our patterns really really quickly and uh, and, and that 
that's good. It's, it does expose that. But then once that's exposed, then I think it's our job to, to adjust those patterns as, as we need to, to, to fit our will. Yeah, I believe that. Like once we can find out like, hey, this is we're getting a lot of negativity. Where is it coming from? And then if we can look at the certain aspects of our life where it might be coming from and how we're feeding into that, then it definitely it's our responsibility to change that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, so I've got this um, program I'm working on. It's finally going to be out for another year and a half or two years. But um, that's kind of how my timeline works. Like I'm, I've already finished my I finished my work that's going to be released in December. And so I'm working from beyond then or there. But uh, um, I'm working on this program. Uh, I'm calling it the Power Shift program that, that basically within 90 days you can make any kind of change that you want in your life you, 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 we and, and we would have an intake thing where, where we'd figure out you know what, what's your end goal for the 90 days where do you want to be and, and, and what changes do you want and uh, and then plugging them into a, a system of, uh, of, of daily action and and that that action's got to encompass several aspects of your life because you know, so most people let's see let's say you're a black magician you, you, you run into financial uh, troubles and uh, and so you're like well i need to call a spirit for money okay cool that'll get you the money most of most of the time you're gonna find out that, that money comes and then goes and and uh um and nothing's really changed in the long term mm-hmm. um so what you what you have to do <laughs> You, you've got relationships. Um, you get uh, uh, your, your body, uh, you know, your bodily health and, 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 and strength. You've got your uh, connection with uh, with your spirituality. Uh, you get your also connection with family uh, that's the, that might be separate from your your intimate connections. Um, you, you have all of you have. I've identified about nine different aspects of your life that you that you need to. You need to be paying attention to all of those every day and feeding them every day, just a little bit. Um, and so, every day, you know, at the very least, 30 minutes of exercise. Every day, I'm trying to eat better. Every day, I'm, I'm telling the people that I love that I love them, and I'm showing them some, somehow that I love them. And uh, you, ha- you have to work all of these aspects of your life together. A lot of people. Most people actually will prioritize money and, and their career over their relationships, mm-hmm. and that's that is uh, if your career is suffering, I guarantee it's because your relationship isn't strong enough, and 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 the reason for that is is that uh, that on a primal level, humans don't we are naturally lazy. We're going to want to take the easy way to, to to do things, and so if if we didn't have um, uh, uh, somebody that we love that we're going to go into battle for, we wouldn't go into battle. If we if, if we wouldn't we wouldn't go hunt, we would just sit and pick berries. Yeah. But once you know, once you have like the somebody else that, that 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 is more important to you than yourself, then then you go the extra mile. Then you do the things that you wouldn't do to to, to for that person, and that's actually what gives you the power to go to go hunt or to go out to 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 work and to do. To, to, to bring home the bacon is is the uh, that you're doing it for somebody besides yourself, and uh, and so people who are having you know once again like uh, career struggles. Well, your struggle is not necessarily with your career; um, it's probably with some other aspect of your life, and it's just manifesting through your career. And uh, and so you do have to, to kind of take an integrated approach and 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 go. Okay, well, 
yeah, like you said, what what aspect of my life is the weak spot, and then not just work on that, but work on that in cooperation with all the other parts of your life that you need to be feeding on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's um, that's part of this new project that's coming out in December. You said. No, so 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 um, in uh, in December I'll be releasing my final uh, my final chapter, I guess, of the uh, uh, gatekeeper workings. So for, for the past like two and a half years or so, I've I've uh, been working with the nine gatekeepers, the nine most powerful uh, demons and ancient gods uh, that that uh, that I could find, and they uh, and so I'm, I'm finishing that in December. Or I'm releasing that in December. So. So this PowerShift program I'm talking about now is probably going to be released shortly after that, probably the, the following spring. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's and it is going to be hardcore. Like it is going to be for for the people who are are ready to to take it to the to the to the next level because it's uh, it, it does require I mean, daily commitment. Like if 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 you want if you want something, you want to create something, you want to experience something, you. Uh, you, you kind of have to go all in. You can't just uh, you can't just kind of want it. You have to really, really, really want it. Oh, yeah. And um, and then you have to you have to be able to to execute on that every single day. That that's that is one of the key components missing from a lot of occultists' repertoire. Is that they'll do rituals when they need something, but uh, it, it is your daily habits that make you. And so if you if you if you're hitting ritual daily, if you're hitting meditation daily. Uh, and like I said, and then integrating that with with all these other mundane aspects of your life, then your ascent is basically guaranteed. Yeah, so it's basically um, just like the people who are re extremely religious and they go to church every day or whatever, and they they're praying every day. It's kind of like that. You have to put in what you want to get out of it. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If you look at like I, I I've been looking at religious people a lot, and and and. Um, Especially religious people who feel like their religion has helped push them to this, their success, uh, and and I'm seeing what they do on a daily basis. They, they, you know, they, they bless every meal that they eat. Uh, they, you know, they're not, they don't, they don't put something in their body unless it's been consecrated with intention, and that's like that's really cool. I think that magicians can learn to use from that. I, I do. I'll, I, I'll, at this point, I'll just hold my hands over my food and channel light into the food, and then set my intention and. And if I'm eating food that's not good for me, I can look down at it and I can see that. I can feel it and go, ah, uh, maybe I ought to make better choices. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, then, you know, a, a truly religious person is going to usually start the day with prayer. They're going to end the day with prayer. And they're probably going to pray a couple times through the day as they, as they face struggles. Mm -hmm. And so you know, these are things that we could do with magic very, very easily. And and get an even greater reward from it than the religious people do because the religious people are stuck in this religious cycle which is uh, a powerless cycle yeah. when when we yeah when we can step into that with with uh, with you know knowing that we're playing a game knowing that we don't have to take it that seriously but that we're doing it because of the end result then then we can we can really start to have some fun with it and and reap some pretty massive rewards from from daily executing on our ascent right and i think the I think the idea of religion was a good one because it, during that time that it came about, it actually helped people to transform their lives and to ascend. But then it kind of got stuck in, um, you know, control. Somebody decided, okay, I'm going to control these people through this. And uh, then that's when kind of 
that's when people got stuck in a rut and they couldn't create they couldn't um they couldn't go any further yeah 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 i i'll say that that the people themselves deserve some of the blame too though um that uh people if if people could control themselves they wouldn't need to be controlled like (laughs) you got a point there yeah like so, so like as i'm I, I I love the outdoors, nature, and and, and just getting into nature. And uh, and while I'm in nature, I, if I see a piece of trash, I pick it up. Um, and and that's just simply like if I if, if I see it once again, if I see a problem in the world, it's it's on me to do something about it. If I don't pick that piece of trash up, I guess I guess the assumption is well, you know, the, there there are probably like government workers, BLM managers or something that can do this. Yeah, sure. Then we inflate the government. Big Brother gets bigger because I'm not cleaning up after uh, you know after myself or somebody else. Right, right. Um, like like we if we if we start doing the little things that we need to do, so we don't need like uh, a governmental mom and dad telling us what to do. Then then we'll all be a lot better off. It's like the like this 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 COVID nineteen virus. You know, it's like if if people, I. As, as soon as it hit, I knew I knew what to do, and, and I was in New York City, and I, I got home and, and locked uh, locked myself inside for for two weeks, and um, you know made sure to keep in touch with my doctor and family and whatnot. But uh, um, but there's a whole lot of jackasses out there that that uh, are waiting for the police to 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 tell them that they need to go home. It's like, <laughs> come on, like yeah, it's. Uh, uh, yeah, if we man- if we manage our own cells, we wouldn't need government at all. Right. It's um, you can't just say, oh, there's I, I see somebody threw a bunch of cigarette butts out on the road. Let me wait until somebody else comes by to pick that up. You know, if you see it and you can do something about it, then that responsibility is upon you to do something about it. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Um, and yeah, so there's a there's a little swimming area, right? Right. Uh, down the road and, and it's just like a beautiful little oasis in the middle of the desert and uh, I, went, I went there with a bunch of my friends and it was uh, it was trashed and there, there are people swimming in this place and it's got a cool like waterfall it's, it's one of the coolest places out there but it is just just littered like no other and uh, and so I went and got grabbed a bunch of trash bags out of my truck and and just handed them out to my friends and we went around and started picking up trash trash that some of the people who were swimming had, had left there you know they'd just barely thrown it and then you could see the shame. I mean, the people who, who, who were who were you know, littering there, looking, and then they, then they start kind of helping us pick up trash and putting it in the bags. And I'm like, all right. And, and then once the place was cleaned up, it stayed clean for a while. And and and, and I mean, just it's like these little things that we can do to make our world better. Like just do them. Like yeah, that's just, great. Yeah. So yeah, that's how you affect change. Like right there by taking action. You don't affect change by sitting at home and bitching about it on the computer. You say, what, what can I do to change the world that I want to live in? Yeah. And, and you know, it's, and to, to bring, to bring magic back into it, cause I bring magic to, to everything is, is that, uh, I, I look at the, my ancestors, the Vikings, that they, they would never call their gods and just say, Hey, go do this for me. Uh, that's, that's, disrespectful and and it doesn't really work so they would take uh, the runes and they would use the runes to call their gods and the spirits and they'd say and they would carve the runes into their sword into their shield into their body and they say now come help me I'm about to go into battle I don't know if I can make it by myself so do everything you can to protect and empower me 
but then they would have to go into battle and do their best. And so it's like you meet you meet the spirits halfway. If you if you're gonna put a, a, a ritual out there, then you better be willing to go into battle and give it everything you've got too, because yeah. the spirit the spirit's not just gonna do it all for you. Anybody that thinks that it is 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 missing the whole point. You gotta follow through with your intentions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, follow through. With your, and and like really, if you if you really want something bad enough that you're willing to call a demon to ask it to do this, do it for you, then follow. Yeah, follow it up with some some action of your own, and and put yourself into alignment with what you want. Like don't 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 uh, uh, don't hide from it. You know, a lot of like like, like I know so many people who do uh, uh, money spells or or uh, you know abundance rituals, and then they just sit at home waiting for a phone call. It's like no, you you, you got to go <laughs> chase it down. You got to go make yourself available for the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's just about our time. Um, now, did you did you have anything like? Um, I remember when I got in touch with you back in January, you said you had created some new project um, that you wanted to share with everybody. Um, so if you want to let them know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, well, well and, and so, so I, I, at that point I was getting a little excited about the PowerShift program, but I've kind of realized that that's going to take a little bit of time to develop, oh, okay. uh, but, but that is going to be cool. But, but what, we, what we do have going on right now, so where we've got a bunch of people who are stuck at home, um, and and I mean people's budgets have just been obviously just slashed and, and uh, demolished. So uh, in trying to figure out what I, what I could do to, to help, um, the, the the one the one solution that kind of came to Timothy and I was to to uh, 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 re reduce the sale uh, the cost of our uh, video courses. So you can sit at home. You've got video courses that, that I've got for every everything. I mean, voodoo, uh, Viking magic. Um, uh, uh, evocation, in, uh, invocation, divination, possession, anything that you want to learn uh, in the occult. I've got a, I've got a video course for it on uh, bulk.co slash courses. And uh, so you can go there and get get any video course for for 50% off. Um, that It's kind of just a way of like trying to just give people something to do while they're at home rather than just watching the, the news and getting more afraid. Like this is a great time to, to, to take some time to invest in yourself like that's really what what this time should be used for is to to invest in in growing yourself because as we go forward like you you are all you're going to have you you are the you are the one that's going to make the changes in the world so start uh, start really doubling down on yourself and that's one way you can do that nice that's cool do you have um, any social media you want to share or anything else like that? Or yeah, you know, you can find me like Yank Wedding on uh, on Facebook. I, uh, I I myself am not very active. Like I'm uh, on my, my own Facebook. I've got people that I've kind of assigned <laughs> to do that for me because it's a it, it can be a shit show. So yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, but but you are you are able to check me out as Yank Wedding on, on on Facebook and uh, um, and then Yank Wedding on uh, on uh, YouTube as well. I'm extraordinarily active on YouTube, so so check out my channel there, subscribe to it, and, and uh, there's myself, Orly Stewart, JD Temple, JS Garrett, we got a whole team of people that are just always pumping out content, so definitely check that out. Yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> awesome. Right, well, it's, been, it's been an absolute pleasure, you know, sitting here talking with you and kind of picking your brain about a lot of stuff, and you know, I'm the door is open anytime you want to come back on and hang out with me. Oh, absolutely! Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll I'll probably hit you up in a couple months and and 
we'll we'll kind of check in and see how the world's doing at, at that point and, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. keep, and keep it going all right yeah, it's yeah. awesome talking to you too though all right man you have yourself a good night you too bye-bye you've been tuned into the inhuman experience podcast join us again on this strange journey as these two geniuses attempt to make sense of the strange and the unexplained if you've got a question or a story to tell, you can contact the Inhumans on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. Or you can email them at inhumanexperiencepodcast19 at gmail.com. Your story could appear on a future episode. Feel free to leave a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash inhuman dash experience dash podcast forward slash message and make yourself heard. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on iTunes for a shout-out and to have the review read by the boys. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time, we are the Inhumans. Are you experienced?